Welcome to the final season one episode of The Transformers. This is... Oh my god, I just realized we never actually stated the title of the last episode. Yeah, we did. No, it was called The Plague of Insecticons. Oh, the actual... This episode is called Heavy Metal War and is possibly final battle between Megatron and Optimus for the final season one episode, along with tons of new characters. And joining us today is Sammy. Uh, give me a cool Transformer nickname based on a Constructicon, if you know, remember their names. I don't remember the name, so I was actually about to say Sam- uh, Sammy. A Constructa Sammy? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Or I, I could know. be, uh, God, all I can remember is Long Haul, so, you know. Long Sean, Sean Hall, no, none of those work. All right. No, Long Sean is perfect. So, and then uh, we also got with us, who are you other people? (laughs) (laughs) I guess I am other person Thomas today. And I'm Andy. How's it going? Joining us once again is Andy, though, Andy, this is your first podcast that is not Mighty Orbots. Bizarre. He wants to check out what this Transformer stuff is all about. So when was the last time you watched Transformers? The original uh, stuff. The original stuff. Um it's been it's been a while since I actually sat down and really watched it. It was nice to watch this episode again because it had like a lot of nice animation stuff and that I really like. So <laughs> I'm sorry. But this has like the worst animation. There's so many animation errors. It's oh, it's bad, but there's some nice standstill scenes that I enjoyed. I took screenshots. I'm like, oh, this is cool. I could draw this. That's true. That's like true. at the beginning, like a lot of that tech stuff was really detailed. So oh yeah, I know what you mean. Oh yeah, there's like one scene with Starscream, and he's like missing a leg. It's like okay, that's fine. <laughs> Lost it in the war. <laughs> do we do we have to start out trashing my new favorite episode? No. I, so this actually is probably my favorite episode. Because when I watched all these in college, this was like 2001 or two. This was like the episode that stood out in my mind the most. When I was younger, uh, I remember getting the VHS tapes because I think there's like one or two episodes on each VHS tape. And like this was like the selling point of the tape. It was like heavy metal war. And it had like a really cool illustration of like Megatron on the front cover. Yeah, I had a few of the VHS tapes. I think I had three of them, but not they were all mostly the first episodes like four through nine uh four through eight i think or no there was only two episodes a piece it was like four five six seven and then eight nine i think were the ones i had because mm. i remember chip was in all of them so that's you know but yeah like when i first saw this episode the constructicons appear in this episode and i was like am i remembering this incorrectly i thought this was a megatron optimus battle with all the powers i actually looked up the back of my dvd and was like no, it's, it says Heavy Metal War. Am I am I really confused? Because I completely forgot that the Constructicons were in this. I was thinking these were two separate episodes. Uh, having coming into this for the first time, I was 100% confused. I thought that I missed an episode, that I was watching the wrong episode with the way they just appeared. <laughs> and they were doing a lot of stuff for about, I don't know, five or six minutes before their origin was actually explained in the middle of the episode. <laughs> yeah like a, a minute later he's like ah it's a good thing we spent time constructing new things but anyway let's not get ahead of ourselves Sarcasm not appreciated. for the writer this episode was actually written by donald glutt if you remember he was the guy that 
wrote the two Dinobot episodes originally because of his experience working on dinosaur books. If you want to listen to more about him, listen to our podcast episode number 16, which is the TV episode number six, Divide and Conquer. And we actually still have eight more episodes from him because he wrote a lot for the series. So anyway, now we'll get on to what we like and didn't like about this show and just talk forever about it. Me, Grimlock, no like you! Andy, what did you like about this show, this episode? What I liked, okay, I was going to go immediately to what I didn't. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, as I said earlier, I, I really like some of the, like the still animation. The animation was okay. It was fine. It was very passable. It's not the worst I've seen, but it's really has some really nice poses that, as I said, I took screenshots. I posted them on Twitter. I'm like, this doesn't look bad. I like how Huffer was validated. Mm. He, he, uh, he, oh, that, I swear, I actually wrote that somewhere here because he was acting completely out of character. He, not, he usually always talks and is very defeatist and doesn't want to do anything. And now he actually volunteered to help pull Optimus's trailer. I was just like flabbergasted at this character turn. I, I think it's a lot of schadenfreude. Like, he mm-hmm. was really happy. It's like, hmm, somebody's doing worse off than I am. I'll take care of this. <laughs> oh, my God. Now I hate him once more. <laughs> but I'm, I'm glad he got, he got the Polish trailer. It's, you know. <laughs> so, Thomas, it's like, ah, here's five to six new characters all at once. Remember them, kids? And they all just go around and introduce all of them, the six of them. I kind of touched on this on the previous episode where we were all having a hard time trying to figure out the, well, not figure out the names, but remember the names and who was who by the design and stuff like that. Being new to all of this, I'm having a hard time in, in almost every episode, but this is one of the things that I liked about this episode, along with some other stuff. They actually took the time to do a roll call for everyone before we really, well, not before we got started. It was still in the middle of the episode, but they took the time to name each one of them, get it out of the way. Let's get a clean portrait of this new this new Transformer with a name. And I guess based off some of the stuff that you're saying, that this is going to be a continuing trend. Oh, yeah. Once we get to all the combiners near the end of season two, this just happens like every other episode. Like, hey, here's the five aerial bots and the big guy they construct they create and oh wait here's the five whatever bots and the person they create or it's usually five or more toys yes (laughs) i wonder if they got some or something and like it just got overwhelming to a point where people just were having a hard time follow following the the characters and their designs and stuff like that i'm sure all the animation errors didn't help i always get confused with the flyers well not confused but I think I know, I make an assumption about what flyers on screen, but then I have to say, wait, let's make sure that they're, they didn't miss color. <laughs> uh, uh, what's his face or Starscream or something like that. Was there two versions of this episode? Because I, I remember seeing this on an old DVD set a long time ago, and there was like three Starscreams like, going down to like the water. Okay, and- so that's what I needed to tell you, which I, I forgot to ask. Our other guest last episode, where did you actually watch this episode from? DVD. What is your DVD from? Is it Shout Factory or Rhino? Whatever the silver case is. Oh, I have the Shout Factory DVD. Oh, so were... you're watching the good episode. Yeah, apparently, like, I, I don't know if you addressed this on other podcasts. The Rhino ones, they had, like, like the work print version or the un- incomplete one. 
And yes. uh, these ones were based on like what was actually aired. So some of the scenes are actually a little bit fuzzier because I guess they didn't have the originals. They were using like an old, I don't know, 35 of it. Because the Rhino DVDs have like overpowering sound effects, whereas the Shout DVDs have slightly underpowered sound effects. Yes, I noticed that. Yeah. So, but I've been basically using the Rhino DVDs for the reviews of these and then watching the Japanese episode. And then a few weeks later, when I feel like it, I will actually watch the new Shout one that I have just to relax and watch it fully. Like So I've noticed some things here and there, but it's funny, like you watch a Generation 2 episode and you see it doesn't have all the errors that the Rhino DVDs have. So it's like, how did they really go back and get the wrong masters unless they just didn't know how to unless that was all that was available at, or they couldn't find them when they first tried to release it on DVD in like the year 2000. Yeah. So no, well, which I, one is closer, closer to the original? Are they preserving some of the animation errors or are they fixing some of the stuff? So Rhino, basically there is a version that's pretty much done. However, there's still some errors. So they make corrections and then it's aired. So the Rhino DVDs, got all the original episode prints before they went to correct the minor errors for the broadcast. So we're not getting the TV broadcast version, what we're watching. We're getting the pre-changes uh, before any other of the small errors were corrected. That's kind Which, of odd. Yeah. And, and actually, at the end of the DVD, the book of that comes and it says, anything released prior to this has all kinds of errors. They what, actually... what it, wait, what? Yeah, do you want me to read, the, want me to read what it says in the back? Can, can you take a picture so I see like what you're looking at to see if it's the same one I have? Yeah, but do you want me to read it? It's like a little blurb. Sure. It says, Transformers DVDs released prior to our 25th anniversary edition were missing animation seen in the original broadcast. We did extensive research, found discrepancies between the original broadcast masters and the restored masters used for the last DVD release. Reinsert the correct animation, color corrected as best as we could to match the spot, uh, the shots before and after. But because a one-inch master tape simply can't hold up to the quality of restored masters, you may notice occasional shots or even scenes in some episodes that seem slightly softer than others. So, and then they basically like, just take comfort knowing that we did our best. It's basically calling out saying, Rhino, you, you done goofed. <laughs> yeah. I do want to try to get the Rhino DVDs or at least find like just the special features ripped from them because they're not obviously going to be on the Shout Factory yeah. ones. It's it, but it's funny you mentioned that. I do remember um, a, a buddy, an old buddy of mine, had the Rhino DVDs, and we watch them. And I go like, and I remember this episode. Just I remember all the errors in it now. Like everything was miscolored. <laughs> it's all coming back. To me. Yeah. Well, we we'll get there later. We actually have an animation errors section. So save all of that for when we're done with this section. Oh la la. So right now we're going with likes and I guess hates. So, Thomas, did you like humans versus robots round five? Human construction equipment versus Decepticon Constructicons? Was that even a fight? It just seemed like we're the Constructicons. <laughs> we're just going to ruin everything around us. So, yeah, that wasn't really a fight. They're just like, hey, let's fight. And then, you know, they melt their cranes and tractors and they're like, oh, God. These things must be Decepticons because they just said they follow them. I have no idea what giant evil robots would be in this universe. So I like the part where Starscream was being a little turd. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, which is most of the time. But where he's like, hey, you know, Megatron, if you do this, you're, this is technically cheating. Just, just saying. <laughs> yeah. Just wanted to point that out, buddy. Big old buddy, wink. How would you not do this? <laughs> yeah, I like how the underhanded, lying, cheating Decepticon is telling Megatron that he might be cheating. 
Well, you know, legality. It sounds like Starscream's been in legal trouble before. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but then he... Okay, so I will be positive. This is the second episode where Starscream is actually intelligent because he's even like, well, Teletran 1 will detect us. And Megatron's like, got a response for that, but it's a stupid response. So, you know. Yes. Agreed. I do like Megatron's response to Starscream pointing out the, 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 the legal uh, issue where he basically says he'll win at, at any cost, even if it means destroying you, Starscream. <laughs> like, dude, I wasn't even, I, I was trying to be helpful for once, and still I get sass. <laughs> Whatever, I hope we lose. It's like he deflected it hardcore, and it's like, alright, this is not my problem, man. <laughs> so anyway, I do like how Megatron just shows up and starts defeating the Autobots one by one. And then Optimus just shows up and goes, it's not like you to fight back, but whatever, I'll shoot first and ask questions later and shoots anyway. I like how proud Cliff Jumper was that he thought he did well. <laughs> oh, oh, I thought that was a response to um, Optimus saying, Autobots, hold your fire. And Cliff Jumper just looks so happy not to be fighting anymore. <laughs> or, But I know that Thomas, who's a Cliff Jumper hater, well, interpret it to mean that he was happy because he was already fighting and that he hadn't quite registered that the fighting had ended yet. Well, he started the fighting. Like, he he, he shot Megatron and he had him in, like, some kind of ice beam or something like that, and Megatron just broke out of it. Well, here's the thing. Because Andy saw this in the correct context, we watched it incorrectly. He's smiling after he freezes Megatron, but in our Rhino copy, he's smiling and reacting after he's told by Optimus to stand down because oh. they they put it in the so wrong the, copies cha- the 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 versions changed that much they it's just this episode that is really poorly done compared wow. to all the others so far okay. that we've seen wow but i do like how they cheer optimus on later they're like you got this optimus like he needs encouragement he already decided that he was better than megatron <laughs> he's like i got this support is nice also i thought it was funny that they were like they wanted to let him talk. It's like, all right, hold your fire. And the Megatron could have been like, pew, pew. Just kidding. Yeah. And also he didn't defeat Wheeljack, right? Like he defeated two of the three out of us. Didn't a Wheeljack's experiment just blow up in his face and he defeated himself. Yeah. His gun just backfired. Yeah. <laughs> and, he, and he was just kind of resigned with it. He's like, all right, this is normal. But, but what I was saying about the designs of the uh, earlier is like that gun looked really cool. It was like a really cool, like spiky, like anime looking gun that had like two frames of animation before it exploded. <laughs> that was where all their budget went. <laughs> so in this episode, Megatron just basically is like, hey, by Cybertron law, let's have a fight. Winner has to be exiled. While at the same time, he's trying to use his new Constructicons because apparently Megatron isn't smart enough to make or knows anyone smart enough to make the weapon that can make him harness all the power of all the Decepticon superpowers. So he had to invent new Decepticons that were smart enough to make the invention for him. That is what I got from Yeah, this. <laughs> I guess I didn't notice that while watching it, but that is weird. Like, I have an idea of how to defeat Optimus, but I don't know how to implement it. Let me build a guy who can implement it for me. <laughs> Going back to the first part of the episode when they steal, like, ominous, in my notes, I have ominous purple thing. Uh, it's like okay this is going to it's Decepticon it's purple it was just like okay you know that this is going to be a Decepticon thing it's purple (laughs) 
I, I like how when he steps in it, so he's getting all the powers of Thundercracker, Starscream, Soundwave, and I think Skyworp's supposed to be there, but he's never seen, at least in the entire Rhino one, unless he's colored incorrectly. And then Reflector. No, Skyworp is in there. And then Reflector. Okay, cool. And I'm like, what? Does he need, does he need to take pictures? And then I realized, oh, wait, Reflector actually has an attack that can blind people for five seconds. And then Megatron actually uses it in the battle to make Optimus fall from the ground when he's holding onto him in the air. So he actually uses it just as many times as Reflector does through the entire series. One. <laughs> Great. You know, adding to how I thought it was pretty informative of them to do the, the roll call, that sequence when they are having their duel and Megatron's using all the different powers, each Decepticon's calling out like, yeah, that's my power. He's going to really win because of, of my power. So every basically almost every Decepticon gets a chance to do that. So to me, that's just so another cute. cool way to kind of like, okay, this is what this Decepticon is really known for, what they're, what they're capable of and stuff like that. Yeah, I thought that was fun. And it's also definitely really good for kids. But I do like how Starscream is like, ha, he's using my bombs and my null ray. Now he's going to win because he's got my weapons. <laughs> Right, yeah, because his weapons are the best. I didn't actually realize that he had two powers. I thought he only had the Null Ray. I had to look that up and realize, oh yeah, he he does have two two of those. Yeah, to me, at least from what I've seen of the show, yeah, the Null Ray is basically like, that's his primary, I feel like. Yeah. So what did you think, Sammy, of Soundwave's like, you know, I'm just going to call out to the cassettes and uh, so they can watch the battle, and then I'm going to pet my Ravage. Yes. Yes. Uh, they they have a right to watch this battle too. Everybody's getting comfortable. Yeah. My notes say Ravage being pet equals love. Yes. <laughs> does so does he even like purr like a cat? He has that weird garbled like sound. I don't know what you would even call it. <laughs> the Welker purr. The Welker purr, yeah. Yeah. And like Chip is talking about the Romans and Ironhide's like, sure. <laughs> I mean, if I knew anything about history. <laughs> <laughs> How would they get Autobots going to leave Earth anyway? You never saw them repair the Ark or a new spaceship to return. There's a deleted audio scene in the in the first three-parter that says they fixed it and could go back to Cybertron, but they I thought they retconned that so they would just be trapped on Earth when the series actually started with episode four. But so how are they actually going to leave Earth in this episode? Uh, maybe they would hija- hijack the uh, space gate that... Uh is guarded by shockwave and just just bombard him again <laughs> like hi shockwave we're gonna live with you now and he's like uh <laughs> yeah, anyone have any other fun notes likes and dislikes so uh, one th- this this really became my favorite episode because it just had a lot of the stuff that i do like about the series like i l- i like the dinobots a lot and even from the beginning of the first three episodes, I was really drawn in by the, the one-on-one fights that Optimus and Megatron had. So just having both of those in a single episode, it was, yeah, it just, it was, it didn't take much to put it above like all the other episodes. I liked all the stuff too. It was basically overpowered Megatron versus Optimus. So it wasn't like a, 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 a mutual battle at all. It was totally one-sided because Optimus, I think maybe gets one hit in. I mean, I think he gets to attack maybe twice, but most of the time he's dodging or getting defeated. 
Right, yeah. It was pretty one-sided, but I don't know. It was still kind of entertaining to me. I just like those kind of like dual setups. Yeah. yeah, it was still fun, though, because you get to see Megatron use everyone's powers. And then, you, of course, you got Constructicons versus Dinobots. This giant robot now fighting the Dinobots. And, like, a, a somewhat final battle at the end of the episode. Even though it's kind of short, but still. Just a lot of stuff going on this episode. Yeah, uh, the version I have, the fight scenes actually look pretty good. <laughs> I'm not sure about the Rhino ones, but, like, the, the, there's a lot of, like, nice... There's like just a lot of cool effects that go on, and it just uh, I really enjoyed those. Mm-hmm. So, what was that hologram that was used at the end? Was that a particular transformer, or just random generic giant robot? Uh, it was a generic giant robot. In fact, I found out later, twenty five years later, they would actually give it a name and make it like a an actual character. Oh, okay. But you know, that's for another time. Mysteries. Yeah, it actually did kind of fool me because they already set the standard of we're just going to introduce Transformers and not tell you that they existed before. <laughs> so I was like, oh, so this must be I don't know. Uh, I, what's the name of the uh, well, I guess there's multiple giant robots that are made up of several smaller ones. I just thought they were just introducing a new one just randomly. Yeah. Uh, and I was like, OK, yeah, I'm just going to go with it since that's what they did before. I, I, I put also I want that tall robot. Who are you? <laughs> and, 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 uh, and, uh, and like Floro Derry, I guess, whoever designed the uh, the robots, and there's a shot of his back, and he has all kinds of parts that look like they go in and out. Like, I want to know more about you. What do you turn into? So, I mean, I guess when you talk about that, we'll find out then. But it just. I think he might just be a large go- guard robot, so he doesn't actually turn into anything. He t- turns into a light post like Soundwave. <laughs> I did think it was kind of disappointing, though, that the end battle is just like. Everyone's surprised, and then they just pushed back with laser fire into the lava because they're like, "Oh crap, we're being shot at!" Oh my god, I'm falling. That actually reminds me the laser fire. Uh, how did Optimus shot Devastator and Devastator fell apart? Is that normal? <laughs> well, maybe. Uh, maybe uh, they have their own evil scientists that will tinker with their bodies later and make them stronger. <laughs> Because I'm pretty sure Devastator shows up like in 10 more episodes in yeah. season two. So he shows up quite often. Hasbro really wanted to sell that toy. Yeah. But then it's the near the end of season two. We're like, nah, now we're going to sell them six new toys that are also six bots apiece. No, <laughs> totally won't backfire on us. Thomas, what did you think that? So we learned that an explosion of energon blasts that can propel a planet away from its orbit does not kill a Transformer. And now we have learned that Lava does not kill a Transformer. Which is kind of odd, knowing that we just watched the previous episode and both the Decepticons and the Autobots were concerned about the oil tanker, the oil that leaked onto the water would be set ablaze. And that they didn't want to be caught in fire. But then they fall in Lava and are seemingly okay based off of Megatron's survival. (laughs) I mean, like, just because you won't die doesn't mean that you, like, want to go and get hurt in this stuff. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, just because you're immortal doesn't mean you throw yourself off buildings just to make sure you're still immortal, right? Exactly. (laughs) I don't know. I don't think that oil fire would get as hot as, like, literal lava. (laughs) They seem to be all right. Seem to be. It did kind of seem like an end of series episode, though. They didn't know they were going to get renewed for season two because, like, all the bad guys just, quote, 
unquote die in the lava just in case like it would be a final episode but i'm not really sure if they knew they were getting a season two at this point or if it was official or not when this episode ended the way it just kind of ends with every enemy falling yeah that was obviously a fail safe uh because like every because uh, like a lot of other shows like even going back to orbots well i won't reveal what happens but there's like they they're very they're very meticulous about like okay we this might be our last one and we better kind of end it maybe mm-hmm. uh, uh, and same with this one we'll end it maybe i i have down here uh, it's like who can say if we won provided if we get a second season who knows spike <laughs> the way megatron his his quote unquote death was kind of weird too because he falls in the lava is is trying to fight from sinking then just gives up and sinks but then comes back up to the surface to <laughs> to give his his one line and then that's the end of the episode of okay are you are does this bother you or not like can you just I like swim? how I like how none of the Autobots are like hey hey Optimus I, I think someone's climbing out should we, should we shoot at it <laughs> no no hover no that's for season 2 like he's screaming at them saying I'm going to get you again <laughs> Optimus, <laughs> what's that voice? Don't don't worry about it, Timmy. <laughs> so something I thought was funny was depressed Optimus Prime. They like drive by the the Dinobots fighting these new Decepticons they've never seen before, and, and Optimus is like, "Eh, don't get involved. We're already exiled. We got to honor the agreement, you know, whatever." And just drives <laughs> by them. I'm like, is he too depressed to care at this point? And they're all just hanging out inside the base doing repairs and like there's a whole battle going on outside that they're not concerned about. <laughs> and, and I'm just like, are the Dinobots not true Autobots to you guys? Are they like not being exiled? So you were just going to abandon them there anyway? Like, is that why you didn't care? Because you're like, eh, they're not real Autobots. They're made, I guess because they were made on Earth that the, the Cybertronian law doesn't apply to them. Oh man, there you go. Oh, that's right. And the same with the Constructicons. But then again, Megatron doesn't get involved and help his Devastator either. He's just like, meh, they don't need help. Like, I created this really cool robot. Isn't that right, kids? Turns to audience. Eyebrow, eyebrow. I did like a lot of the trash talk during the battle with Optimus and Megatron, though. That's just kind of fun stuff. So, Andy, any other likes or dislikes? Uh, I don't like Devastator without his visor. He just looks weird. Oh my god, yes. I have that in animation errors, too, because I was like, he's really flat with just eyes, and then it cuts to him the second time, and he's got more details. Yeah, he has, a, yeah he has like a visor the second scene, and then back to no visor, and it just was like, I, I, th- I think that might have been like an initial design, because the designs changed, like I guess the series progressed. Yeah, it almost seemed like it was a rough Passover, and then no one went back over to add the details. Yeah. Um, oh, what else? Uh, what I also liked is that they kind of gave the Constructicons uh, personalities a little bit. Like, uh, I guess Mixmaster was kind of like a more science guy where he was like talking about putting all the acids together, like getting all that acid ready. And he was like going over the math of it. Right. Um, but it was all for like one second each. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if the other, ep- I think the other episodes, they, they give them more personality, but I just like that they were starting to do that. So it's not all just. You know, they're not all just like one construction. Yeah, like they, we just the episode before this is the Insecticons, and it didn't seem like any of the three of them had personalities that stood out. It seemed like they were all the same kind of character. Yeah. So next, we're going to move on to animation errors, and I have probably more than any episode I have <laughs> noticed before. 
Yeah, this is a hot mess. Obviously, if someone wants to bring up any of the Starscream stuff before I do. <laughs> Every time. There's two that I caught. I didn't actually catch the leg thing. Whoops. Um, <laughs> but uh, when Megatron turns around and he's like, soon Starscream, it's Thundercracker. And Thundercracker, <laughs> he's just talking as Starscream too. And I'm like, wow, you colored several frames the wrong color. Yeah. And then there was the point where like, they're all boasting about their powers. And I'm pretty sure one of them was not the right voice to the right robot. And then another one was Starscream talking to Starscream. <laughs> yes. I, re I remember that. <laughs> I mean, I don't mind. I love more Starscream. So <laughs> just more Starscream. There were some funny ones. Like when they first arrive at the scene, Everybody transforms from their car into their robot form, except for Ironhide, who is a robot that transforms into a car for no yeah. reason because they use the wrong scene. <laughs> and then, then all of a sudden it cuts to him. He's magically back to robot mode again, responding to, to dialogue. It's fine. He could have transformed in the interim. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. was weird. The only other one that really stood out to me was towards the end when the Dinobots were heading out to fight the Constructicons and while they were walking out, they were all one color scheme, but then while they were standing at the inches of the cave, they were a completely different color scheme, all of them. The uh, Dinobots? The Dinobots, yeah. Okay. They flip colors, yeah. Did you notice any of this stuff too, Andy, or is a lot of your stuff a lot more cleaner? Um, it, it was um like as like the little blurb said, like there's some scenes that were like a little fuzzy, so I don't know where they got those from, but uh they uh uh the but there was one scene on my on my DVD where they just didn't finish Starscream's leg as they're landing to the fight area. They it just it was like paint. It just like it just they just didn't finish it. I saw dust. I I remember that scene, but I didn't look too clearly. I just remember dust. I was like, oh, so you have no background, so you're like, eh, just add some dust there. There, they're on top of the canyon. Yeah. <laughs> I will I will point out. I don't know where I'll put this, where we could put this in, but like, I think this might be the last episode where Prime's helmet kind of looks as soft and round as this. Like the other helmet, like. Later like a baseball series. cap? Yeah, like it gets a little, like his brim like becomes non-existent and like his like side, I guess. Oh yeah, that, I did like that design though. It's a really beautiful design and I just love the spike. I love like the little spikiness of his antenna. It changes slightly, but it's a very, it's a very obvious change if you compare mm -hmm. them side by side. One thing I noticed that was very obvious, Optimus drives out to battle and then it freezes and cuts to two seconds in the future where everyone is driving behind him. I'm like, okay. And the weirdest thing, though, is, okay, I got two things that are not animation errors. When Optimus loses, Chip's face is so distraught. It is so <laughs> hilariously looking. Like, you need to go back and see nope. it. It is ridiculous. Is, is that, that like a slow thing? <laughs> yeah. But before that, there was an error, though. Megatron shoots Optimus. And Optimus's chest just explodes. They didn't actually animate the laser blast from his cannon hitting him. Well, at least in the Rhino version. It might have been actually a laser blast in the one you watched. But yeah, I feel like everything I caught was the bad Rhino errors. Like, they're so glaring. But yeah, so what did you think of Chip there, uh, Sammy? Yeah, no. Um, yeah, in that specific scene, terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> but also, like, yay, Chip's back? I don't feel like we haven't seen him in a while. Yeah, I feel like he's only got one or two episodes left and then we never see him again. Like, he's not Oops. in season two, really. Like, they just started writing him out. I guess they're like, eh, one teenage kid is enough. We don't need two of them. 
I, as I mentioned before, I thought Chip was a main character in the series. So when I watched them all in college and was like, Chip just vanishes. I thought he was everywhere, like as the series went on, but I guess not. That was just me growing up with those VHSs where he's in every one I owned. Oh, the other non-sound error was actually a sound effect error. So in the opening, when the Constructicons ram the tractor, the first thing they do, uh, or whatever the construction is, the sound effect for the crash, I kid you not, is a door opening sound effect. (laughs) I'm just like, that is not a crash sound. Like, you can't, like, alter that and make it sound like a crash sound. But a pretty big error, when Megatron teleports away with Skywarp's ability, it almost looks like he leaves behind a hologram standing in his place because then the boulder just hits him. And, and like he doesn't move, only for it to cut to him teleporting behind Optimus. It's like really obvious because Skywarp doesn't leave a phantom image of himself behind him. I didn't notice that. I, I didn't know what was supposed to be normal because, yeah, I mean... He's clearly there. He doesn't move away. You don't see him anywhere else. He throws the boulder, and after the boulder crashes, that's when he appears. It's like he can go to another dimension and hang out for a little bit and then just reappear. Yeah, I think they were supposed to add the... I don't know if they added the Skywarp teleporting effect, which they do when he reappears, if they used it when he was disappearing, because I don't remember seeing it. I just remember hearing the sound effect noise, but then he just kind of stays there. And I'm like, all right. But so does anybody have any more animation errors before I finish with the biggest one? Nope. Nope. Go ahead. Okay. So the biggest animation error was movement. Uh, There is no vertical or horizontal panning in places that it should be. So a lot of the stuff, a lot of the scenes don't make any sense visually when you're watching them. Like... The Constructicons change, and the pan-up is missing, so you're just staring at their bodies and their, their lower bodies. And, like, people are reacting to damage, and then the scene isn't moving with them as they fall into the background. They just fall off screen. And I'm like, what the hell is going on? Like, and I, and I found out that, no, a lot of the panning is just straight-up missing for this episode, but it was corrected for the actual TV broadcast slash the shout release. So Andy, you got to see like the good stuff. <laughs> I kind of wish I saw the bad stuff because this <laughs> I, there, there's a cool shot of like, I was gonna say the devastators, the constructicons being like really scared of the Dinobots. And it's like goes from right to left in it. They all, they, oh, that looks really cool. But I, I'm wondering if they just didn't do that in the, uh, the shout, uh, the Rhino release. Oh, probably not. I don't remember any any panning anywhere, really. <laughs> Just cuts and cuts. Wow. Yeah, so after this, we go into the deleted audio section. And there's actually quite a bit of extra dialogue for this thing. You've got us curious, Wheeljack. What's your big surprise? And what does it have to do with the Dinobots? Well, Optimus Prime, fellow Autobots, human friends Spike, Sparkplug, and Chip. Oh, get on with it, Wheeljack. You take longer to say something than a mechano mouth in slow motion with the glitch. Uh, uh, yes. Uh, As you know, the Dinobots have always been, uh, unpredictable. Kind of clumsy sometimes. But I've been reprogramming them, so just watch. 
us a Dinobot baseball team that eats the ball. Well, I'm impressed. Me too, Wheeljack. Right. You did a good job with the big guys. I'm also pleased, Wheeljack. Well done. Thank you, Optimus Prime. I try to do my best. Okay. Dinobots, transform! Sure. Now that the Dinobot beauty pageant's over, maybe we can... Huh? Those signals spell trouble, and I'm talking Decepticons. I enjoy the uh, the beauty pageant. I really like how Ironhide is a disgruntled old man. Yeah, I really I couldn't understand the context because the script doesn't actually list what's occurring. It's just it's just the dialogue. So I'm like, well, they say something about a baseball. Like, were you getting them to hit a baseball with a bat? I'm really confused. Yeah, I or they threw a ball at him or something and they caught it i don't know yeah it was so it was but it was just funny because like it's an actual whole deleted scene where this is what they were doing before megatron showed up and they actually do uh set up the dinobots so they don't just appear randomly in the third act <laughs> uh what would i have with my notes I've ha i have like oh dinobots they got better <laughs> i also like wheeljacks uh yeah <laughs> i laughed at that so that was fun so the other one is actually the real dialogue. When uh, Megatron talks to Optimus, his dialogue doesn't kind of make us make sense because he's like, ah, oh, remember we've been fighting together forever and then, and then we fight, goodbye. And I'm like, what? And so this is the full conversation. I come about a matter of Cybertron law, Optimus Prime. Our war has gone on for millions of years. Decepticons fighting Autobots with no end or victory in sight. A sad but unavoidable truth. So long as you seek to dominate the universe. But Cybertron Law may provide a solution to our Seemima. I refer to the age-old code of combat, in which opposing leaders, you and I, Optimus Prime, may do battle. Yeah, I just thought that was funny, because he's like, oh, we've been fighting a long time. And Optimus is just like, well, yeah, that's because of you. <laughs> <laughs> What was the what is what does Megatron say like in the beginning of that before you what me? Um, I don't remember. Wait, before you because shoot it me? sounds it, it it sounds like before you dunk me, and I'm like what? <laughs> <laughs> like I went backwards to rehear it. Like excuse me, please dunk Megatron. Yeah, it just seems there was a lot more dialogue that had to be cut this episode because there was just so much going on in it. Yeah. This is actually really long, but it's just really fun. But so the next one is actually, but it's just an entire long dialogue of more snarky snice scream, snart snart star scream, <laughs> and then yes. Megatron actually explaining more of his plan. So I'll see you all back here in a minute and a half. Prime is as good as beaten. <laughs> With all due respect, Megatron. I suggest you not celebrate your victory prematurely. There might be one flaw in your otherwise flawless plan. And what might that be, loyal Starscream? The Autobots computer, Teletran 1. If it detects your deception, it will alert Optimus Prime. It, it won't! Teletran 1 has already been accounted for in my master plan. 
Scrapper, you and the others have your orders. Constructicons, transform! I chose these caverns as a temporary base because of their nearness to Autobot headquarters. While all the Autobots are assembled to watch my combat with Optimus Prime, my Constructicons will tunnel their way beneath those headquarters. Then enter the control room and destroy Teletran 1! <laughs> Optimus Prime won't know what hit him! <laughs> Oh, I like that one. Yeah. There's there's a number of reasons why I like it because I actually had him just had a note that I that we didn't go over, but it's very relevant to what he's been saying. The seven second laughter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's intense. I, I, I appreciate that. Frank went all into that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it's just funny because he's like elaborating more like, oh, that's why we built this base here. It can lead yeah. directly under their arc. And I'm like, oh, okay, that actually makes more sense now. Yeah, they went under information there and it's just like, wouldn't it be faster if they just got a little closer? Because that would take days and hours, you know? Yeah. But then I was like, I'm putting logic to a kid's cartoon, so silly me. So I just kind of poo-pooed it. Thomas, what'd you think? Pretty much the same. Like, I... I, mm-hmm. I, it, I I don't know. Uh, to me, it's kind of curious. Just the, uh, the 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 cut out audio of just like the longer dialogues and stuff like that. It just makes me think about all the little weird things that I've noticed with the show. Like how much of that would change with that context? It, yeah, it just I it just really just gets my mind going. Just like why things are the way they are. There's actually some smaller cut scenes like. Optimus telling everybody to be honorable and not fight Megatron, even if he does something funny. Chip actually states that Optimus's strength is better than Megatron based on his data. And then, you know, Optimus going, blah, 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 I won't fail humans of the Earth, at least in two different instances. And then one guy actually says, hey, Megatron read his mind like Soundwave, and then nobody seems to catch on for some reason. (laughs) And then... Optimus says he has a plan to defeat Devastator, but then that never actually happens because in the episode he just shoots him. I do have one last small thing for you all to listen to that all you Starscream fans will enjoy. Yes. Without our power chip rectifiers, we're lucky we can still fly, Megatron. I wouldn't want you walking to the show. That might tip our hand. You will remember to return our chips once you've used them against Optimus Prime, won't you? It's beautiful. Sorry, I listened to slightly more than what that yeah. was. Yeah, but uh, I just, I just love that because Starscream's like, uh, you, you still have a need for us, right, Lord Megatron? <laughs> <laughs> You're not just gonna keep all those powers to yourself. But I, I just think it's funny that somehow their powers affect are uh, on their on certain chips that affect their ability to fly. Power. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. I I did, power. I did, I did put that together. That's. I guess that made uh, that makes sense. I mean, it does ex- also explain, like earlier, I made fun of the fact that they got easily defeated, but they all are also less powerful now because all their chips are in Megatron. Andy, our next subject is retcons. If we there were any retcons in this episode to previous episodes. So in this episode, the Constructicons were created on Earth like the Dinobots, but somehow the Decepticons are actually able to make their creations smart. No, Wheeljack's just dumb. Wheeljack's <laughs> just dumb. 
Well, he actually is able to increase their intelligence in another episode, but it's just not as much. Um, started with that. Yeah. Damn it, Wheeljack. Yeah. And it's funny because they're the opposite. They created the, the Constructicons to be smarter so they could construct his plot weapon. So, yeah. Don't tell me what to do. I do what I want when I want. So, Andy, this is everyone's favorite segment, Starscream Blunders and Other Stupid Moments. <laughs> the one thing I thought was the stupidest thing in this episode is Megatron's plan for t- Teletran 1 is to destroy it. You would think the Autobots would come back and be like, man, we were exiled. Hey, why is Teletran 1 have a giant hole in it? Like, maybe they don't want it to detect something. Why didn't they just use Soundwave to infiltrate or hide somewhere in the base and use his powers to disrupt Teletran 1's signals so it couldn't actually alert them to anything? Or like some BS device they make up outside that disrupts Teletran 1's, I don't know, telemetry signals or whatever. So, you know, just something else than just blowing up something so that the Autobots suspect something is up. In fact, Megatron is so proud of this plan, it's what brings them all down at the end of the episode, because he's like, ah, my plan is working perfectly. Then everyone comes out and goes pew, 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 and they all die and fall off the cliff. Does anybody have any other uh, stupid moments in this episode, or was it? Not really. Nope. Like I said, this is a great episode. Yeah. Hey, boys, we're gonna be movie stars! So we normally have two more after this. Uh, Main character... I don't think there was a main character this episode, unless you count Optimus and Megatron. I mean, I know the Constructor here, but they're not prevalent, even though they're introduced this episode. Anyone think there was any main characters, or was this just a giant fight episode? Yeah, Megatron, but yeah. (laughs) Giant fight, yeah. Energy! And uh, usually we discover what weird Megatron energy plan is this time, but actually there was no energy plan. This was just him trying to take advantage of the honor of Optimus Prime to defeat everyone. Well, well in the beginning of the episode, they set up that it's going to be an energy plan with those workers and whatnot. I forgot uh, what they said. Yeah. They were like, this is this can do whatever, ever, ever, you know? And, uh, and then they just kind of dropped that. It, but it was like, uh, so I, I don't know if that was a bait and switch, but it, I thought they were going to go, that was going to be more of a thing in this episode. The pieces yeah. they got to build. Which obviously was a thing, but. So did we have to look up energy disks that exist in real life that harness Earth's magnetic field for electricity? (laughs) No, because that's fake. (laughs) Because most of the time they're actually going after real stuff like dams, like hydroelectric plants, solar panel uh, plants, things like that. So does anybody have uh, any last thoughts on the episode before we get to the character spotlight? Nope. Nah. Andy? Andy? No. Okay. So when we're done with the episode, Andy, we have a character spotlight. We have two today where we go over their their original figure quote and biography and then their fate after the movie. And we're actually going after Sideswipe and Sunstreaker today because they are twins. Oh. Andy, would you like to read Sideswipe's character information? Sideswipe is a red Lamborghini with a missile on his shoulder and sometimes a jetpack on his back. His packaging quote is, I don't break rules. I just bend them. A lot. <laughs> that that pause. <laughs> Sideswipe is nearly the equal of his twin brother, Sunstreaker, in the combat arts, but less cold-blooded. 
relishes in a fight to the finish with an opponent, uses underhanded tactics when absolutely necessary, arms act as powerful pile drivers, flies for up to two minutes with his rocket backpack, fires flares visible for 18 miles, rash actions often lead to injuries to himself, takes them all in stride. <laughs> so would you... Uh... Have you seen Transformers enough to think this matches his actual animation character as opposed to the figure biography? Not particularly. I, I don't. Th- I mean, it's been it's been a while. Like I'm, I'm remembering back to the first three episodes, like where him and Sunstreaker like get attacked by Laserbeak, and they would be kind of like riffing off each other. It's like this was a new paint job, you know. Yeah. And and then uh, was it Sideswipe was like, yeah, just make left turns, you know. <laughs> Suddenly from not New Jersey. Never mind. Hey, uh, hey. <laughs> and, and I, and I don't. Um, I don't think he ever uses underhanded tactics like this. But otherwise, uh, no. But the rock, yeah. the rocket pack is spot on because he was like, "You want my rocket pack, Prime?" It's like, "Yeah, give it to me." <laughs> Wait, I still function. So, what is his fate after the movie? A storyboard scene from the movie had Sideswipe and all the Autobots with missile shoulder cannons fired Devastator to ward him away. He does not appear in the actual movie, however, the Headmasters made their own flashback of this battle and Optimus dying since the movie was not released yet, and they had Sideswipe present in the battle. He then appeared in the present, too, to fight the Decepticons. His only canon appearances after the movie are e-hobby comics packaged with exclusive figures, including one where he... He reconfigures body into a GoBot body to increase his speed, and then later returns to his original form. So this has to be your favorite robot. Sure, why not? <laughs> <laughs> he turned into a GoBot. He betrayed his own brand. Listen, <laughs> his own race. Listen, if, listen. If he has to go out, he goes out with a bang or a, a really pathetic whimper. You know, whatever. Yeah, real pathetic whimper. <laughs> but yeah, it's weird because. This is why, yeah, I don't understand why he was in that Devastation game. Like, because I didn't remember him when that game came out. I was like, who is this? I I remembered everyone else but him. And, like, it wasn't until I started doing this podcast and watching the episodes again that I remember he existed. I I mean, I've always appreciated Sideswipe's design. I really like his, like, original toy. He has a very handsome face. And I just, I mean, I... I think it's because Michael Bell did the voice and he was still around, you know, and, and he, he did a couple other voices, like including some Constructicons. But but it surprised me that Jazz wasn't in it. Yeah, obviously, you know, Scatman uh, Crothers has passed, but like, I'm sure they could have found a sound alike or, you know, somebody else doing it. It, it just surprised me that Sideswipe was in it and not Jazz. So I got some fun facts here for you. My favorite is the uh, the quote from the TF Wiki site says he continued serving the Autobots into the year 2011, where he was stationed on both Athenia and Earth simultaneously, but nobody noticed. <laughs> oh, <laughs> because in the Headmaster's cartoon, he's actually animated in both locations uh, as if uh, each section was done by a different animator. Oh, wow. So, uh, uh, Thomas, you want to start with the fun facts? No one knew how to draw Sideswipe's arms in the cartoon. It was either one, jack piston hands, two, flat piston hands, <laughs> three, two piston hands, or four, drill hands, or five, holding an actual drill <laughs> in his hands. <laughs> you know. Oh, my God. 
this inconsistency is because Sideswipe never had a never had a model sheet for for the animators reference. That's funny. That is funny. In Japan, his name is Lambor, either because he's a Lamborghini or because Lambor is a pun for reckless, violent, or rough. His original figure came with a rocket launcher you could mount on his shoulder that would shoot a small projectile. In Cantonese, his name is Swipe. In Russia and Ukraine, his name is Apricot and Krutabi. I love the name Apricot. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Those translate to Uppercut and Tough Puncher. Tough Puncher. Yeah, all these names for the Sunstreaker and Sideswipe are hilarious what they are in other countries. In Hungary, his name translates as Striker. Italian translates as Arrow. In China, his name translates into Horizontal Cannon. <laughs> that feels, I feel like that should be the name for Megatron. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. In France and Canada, his name essentially translates as Bro. <laughs> bro? Yeah, I like the Brobot. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, Sammy, you want to read the rest? In the toy line with official car brands, Alternator's Sideswipe is a Dodge Viper. His body was originally for tracks, but because Chevrolet eventually allowed them to use their designs, he was changed to Sideswipe very later on, even though many features resemble tracks' original figures. Ho ho. Sideswipe was changed from one word to two, and then later back to one word. This is because in the 90s, another toy company held the rights to single word Sideswipe, but despite this, Hasbro still released the Generation 2 figure with the single word anyway. In 2003 to 2007, his name split between both depending on the figure, and in 2008, Hasbro finally refilled for the Sideswipe name and obtained it, and Sideswipe became a single word character again. Then, in 2012, Hasbro filed a double word Sideswipe just because... (laughs) And I couldn't find that they actually obtained the copyright for that. I only found out that they filed for it, not that they actually obtained it. It's also just a mess. Yeah, I know. For a space. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. And uh, I wanted you guys to look up Q Transformers Sideswipe and Jazz because they actually, you know, the the same company that makes the little boxy Rodimus that we have because those actually looked kind of cool. Looking it up now. Just not Sunstreaker. He's pretty terrible. Yeah, they're, they're okay. Jazz definitely looks better of the two. Yeah, and it's weird how my interest in Transformers figures is mainly just the smaller ones, not like the big ones that everybody usually wants, unless it's Cyclonus, maybe. So the small ones are cute, too. Mm-hmm. I, think I, I have yeah. tracks in this one. This, this version. <laughs> yeah, I have the do. Rodimus, and we've seen a few others that look awful and look good uh, throughout the episode. This is Jazz figure. Why does he have like a weird like smile on his face? <laughs> it's funny can i do the spotlight for sunstreaker yeah oh so uh what do you guys think of sideswipe uh, the rest of you and he does he actually stand out in the series no (laughs) thomas no i think the only reason i remember him is because he's sunstreaker's twin brother because sunstreaker at least has a though awful personality quirk that lets you remember him he also has like an entire episode to himself too i think in season two Okay, Sammy, you, you really needed to read Sunstreaker, so go ahead. Yeah, he's a good boy. <laughs> Sunstreaker is the yellow Lamborghini, also with a rocket pack. He shoots his arms at people, apparently. The entire oh. arm. Uh, his packaging quote is, They can't beat the best. Packaging biography. The complete egotist, Sunstreaker thinks he's the most beautiful thing on Earth. 
Loves his sleek styling, contemptuous of other Autobot race cars, particularly his twin sideswipe. Fires laser-guided ground-to-air rockets and high-energy electron pulses at 300 bursts per second. Tough polymer steel skin resists artillery. Not really a team player. Can be baited into dangerous situations, but is very calm, competent, and a ruthless war warrior. I mean... I thought that was a weird way to word it. Ruthless war warrior. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's kind of... Kind of right? Yeah, I mean, all this is pretty accurate, except that, you know, he can resist artillery with his body, because I don't think anyone has that ability in the Transformers. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it'd be very useful, but... It's just like, oh no, something's coming, and they just pick up Sunstreaker and use him as a shield, you know? (laughs) I mean, that should be a comic. Uh... (laughs) Wait, I still function. So the fate after the movie... During the movie, Sunstreaker was at Autobot City and was hit by Hot Rod before the attack, yet was somehow also on Moonbase 1 and later flew with Optimus to Autobot City, where he already was. Uh, (laughs) However, he does not appear anywhere else once the ship has landed. As with Sideswipe, he was present in the flashback battles and Headmasters, but he was also shown in the present battle too. He later combined with Optimus Prime into the combiner Optimus Maximus to fight Mega Empress. He then traveled to Hawaii for some beach fun. Not much else afterward, either. I mean, look, once you go to Hawaii, you're retired. You're done. You're done saving humans. Like, he's just out to relax. It's just, yeah. He doesn't do too much either. The last three we've gone over have not had these really, like, long, lengthy backstories, except for that combiner part. Uh, (laughs) So, Andy, do you want to read some Sunstreaker's sun sun facts? Fun facts. facts. No, they're sun facts now. (laughs) Fun in the sun facts. Mm Hmm. Sunstreaker, some facts. <laughs> oh, vitamin D, and you know, in the original Bible, his name was supposed to be spin out. In France, this translates to Solo. Hebrew, Hungary, and Portuguese translates to Sunscanner, Sunflasher, and Sunbeam. Russian, Ukrainian translates to Twinkler and Ray. Italian translates to Lynx. I love Twinkler. <laughs> I love how the last one has nothing to do with anything else. <laughs> it's a cat. I, it might be due to his like his ears. I don't know. The links have like that kind of thing going on. Oh, hmm, that's kind of stretching, but I guess it's a stretch. Anyways, uh, the original Diaclone sideswipe toy in uh, in Japan was oh, sorry, sorry, it was not red, but yellow, red or police version. His brother Sunstreak was also only red or in, or police. <laughs> Sunstreaker was colored yellow for the American cartoon and American toys. Well, America does like yellow. Yes. Bumblebee. <laughs> I guess he is the second all-yellow vehicle. Mm. Sunstreaker's original toy shot hands as projectiles. Sunstreaker is considered one of the hardest toys to find, complete and unbroken. And Hasbro states the original mode is either lost or too destroyed, so he does not look the same in the Classics line. Huh. That, might, that might be an error. I don't know if he was actually released in the Classics line. I forgot to leave a note to myself to research that. I don't uh, think he was. So, well, are, we, are we talking about like the re-release toys? Or are we talking? Yeah, about... like uh, there was a where they re-released them to look exactly like yeah the old ones. I have Rodimus and uh, in that set, so like he's he, except for like using lead paint. I mean, they all look exactly like the same, except for so like they use the same molds. But I know yeah. some of the molds were lost or destroyed, and they couldn't actually do that for a lot of them. Oh, I know they did. Uh, they they did sideswipe. A, a buddy of mine had him. Um. But yeah, I, Sunstreaker was one of those like Diaclone toys that was never re-released. Thomas, this quote is for you. Read the next one. 
a Masterpiece 2017 figure of Sunstreaker comes with an alien head, which is a disguise to use in one of the cartoon episodes, <laughs> and also comes with everyone's favorite human chip. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> <laughs> you, why? I, you have an alien-headed transformer and then they just decide to throw in here's a chip like a bonus figure just chip yeah he's it's with the this only chip figure head. ever what? made was 2017 that's it with this figure oh. oh my god that's that's funny well i have one question uh are the chip molds still intact or we can we reproduce more of those they didn't make them until 2017 <laughs> the humans never had figures you couldn't go buy a spark plug figure i mean you don't need them he, he mm-hmm. just had a he-man body <laughs> a Japanese magazine stated that the Red Alert and Sideswipe were brothers, most likely because they shared the same mold, and because Japan didn't get a Sunstreaker toy during this time period. The Japanese dub kept the English Sunstreaker and Sideswipe brothers' words and actions, but never actually inserted language stating Red Alert was their brother. But despite this, most people and future writers usually put all three characters as brothers or triplets. Oh, that's cute. In Europe, Sunstreaker was accidentally sold with Sideswipe's packaging, stickers, and instructions. Whoops. Hasbro stated that Sunstreaker was the first transforming toy that changes from a robot to a full car and back again. This was created in 1983 by Kojin Ono for the Diaclone line. He was based on design of the 1980, uh, sorry, 1978 Microman toy that could only half transform. The Sunstreaker figure would also come to America in the original red design as Diacron DK-1 before being removed from the shelves to be resold and rebranded as a Transformer. Man, I'm wondering how much that original Sunstreaker is then. Or a Diacron. Yeah, it's like, I think he he's the third figure that was sold here before being acquired. I remember Shockwave was sold here, and so was Sunstreaker. And I think there were two more that were sold here in 83 before being, like, you know, done the same way, but now I forget from who we reviewed over the time. Yeah, um, I... I I was looking on eBay for like the pre Takara Transformers, and they have that. I don't know if you've seen him. He's like a gray little watch that, like, just <laughs> he, he like clips onto a watch band, and he just all he does is turn to a squarish robot. But the art on that for the original toy was really nice. But that one auction of it completed is like seven hundred dollars. Yeah, <laughs> wow. makes sense. And the thing is like no bigger than like a quarter. It's like or like dollar will say. Wow. Wait, I'm enjoying that apparently the Diacron box says robot slash car of the future. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. That's funny. Yeah, so it's funny because I don't really remember Sunstreaker too much from the cartoon. I only remember him because I had, like, uh, I do remember him being present in the children's book I had and, like, him, like, talking about himself. He was kind of like, uh, the way in Transformers Prime, um, the Decepticon, what's his name? Oh my god, my brain is, is gone now. Sun... The red guy in yeah. Transformers Prime, the Decepticon. It wasn't Sunstreak? Oh, the, um, the egotistical guy who doesn't like getting his, his finish cut up yeah, in yeah. Transformers Prime. Sammy, Not- come on. Knockout? Did knockout, you yes. knockout? Oh, yes, knockout, sorry. yes. The best Transformer? <laughs> it's the end of the day, Excuse come on. Excuse me? No, yeah. no. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I was like, when I first watched that, I was just like, this kind of like Sunstreaker's character a little bit, but 
one thing I think is hilarious is Sideswipe is actually a main character in the Transformers Robots in Disguise show with Bumblebee and Longarm. And there's actually an episode where he gets a dual personality that becomes like Sunstreaker and is really egotistical for an episode. And I found that one pretty hilarious, like a callback to these things. Because like Sunstreaker doesn't actually exist in the Transformers Prime universe, so they could do that. True, true. But I definitely do enjoy Knockout more. Yeah. But, you know, he's also voiced by Darren Norris, so that's big plus. But, Andy, one of the funniest things about Sunstreaker is we, we, there's a book we reviewed where he's just fawning over himself in a pool of water <laughs> because he thinks he just looks so great. And that gives Devastator enough time to sneak up on him and trash him and capture him for Megatron. As you do. <laughs> oh, yeah, I remember that. That was pretty funny. Is that the one where he's like in jail? They put him in jail? Yeah. With his gun and he just starts shooting at them. <laughs> <laughs> so does anybody actually remember Sandstreaker from the original show? I do remember him complaining a lot. Like in that one episode we watched a while ago, he's just constantly complaining about water damaging his finish and all that stuff. And it gets kind of annoying. <laughs> that's all i remember about i mean it. i like those types of characters so oops yeah i mean i like knockout too but in this one he seems more whiny so in uh the sunstreaker seems really whiny in this uh in that's g1 true. at least at least in season one though so he seemed really like cool and actiony in the Two, three harder in the in the original pilot he seemed more action oriented probably because they didn't know his personality yet so okay, any final thoughts here on sunstreaker or sideswipe no, good boys. What bros? <laughs> <laughs> so cool. Andy, thanks for joining us on this episode. No, no problem. Thank you very, very much for having me. I had a lot of fun. <laughs> Got to get you on the, act the actual reason of our podcast, which is Transformers. Wait, it wasn't GoBots? <laughs> Sammy told me it was GoBots. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to go find that GoBot body of Sideswipe now, aren't you? Probably. <laughs> 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 so all right well thanks for joining us and we're going to sign out for this episode so until next time please do not use the word insert name streaker after your name that will sound very weird this is <laughs> <laughs> so this is uh sean swipe signing off i guess so uh sun sammy <laughs> uh, thomas out um i'm still thinking i I'm still thinking about knockout over here. Sorry. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and Andy, you can sign out as well. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Good night, everyone. Good night. <laughs>